0: is done in realms of clearer light may hold you as you those of you listening to us on the internet to the men and women in our armed forces wherever you may be to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee grace be to you and peace from God our Father from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this 12th Sunday after Pentecost is the second reading the epistle reading for today from uh, Hebrews chapter 11, you heard that read before, I recall just these words, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. No one can please God without faith. Whoever goes to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, whom we do trust through faith, my beloved. Maybe you've heard me say it before that uh, when Thanksgiving time rolls around in the year, I always have a big pet peeve. Whether it's on TV or in the newspaper or wherever you're looking, people always go around asking the question, well, what are you thankful for? oh, I'm thankful for mom, I'm thankful for my car, I'm thankful for my job, I'm thankful for the United States. They never really get to the heart of the matter. In an attempt to secularize what should be a religious festival, people ask the question, well, what are you thankful for? Rather than, to whom are you thankful? And, of course, we know the answer. We are thankful to the only God who is there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, we're living in some hard times right now. Economic, political turmoil, terrorism, you name it. And also, none of us are immune from illness, sometimes serious illness. Did you ever go and uh, hear some of your unchurched friends when they're thinking about all these problems say, you know, but you've got to have faith. It begs the question, but in whom or in what? You see, faith always has an object. The Bible says it sort of the same way in uh, verse 6 of our, the words before us this morning, no one can please God without faith. Faith is a very important truth of Christianity. And so what we want to do is listen to the writer to the Hebrews this morning as, to, uh, as he gives us a description of what faith looks like, what it is. First of all, faith is a gift from God. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, for by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so nobody can brag or boast. You've heard me say it before, faith is the God-given human ability to trust and accept the invisible gifts of God. Now, you did not have faith. Believe it or not the world does not like to hear this but you did not have any faith when you were conceived whether you were when you were in your mother's womb or when you were first born Holy scripture tells us the words of St Pauls Paul that we were born with a corrupt nature an attitude that leads to death We were born sinful and under the wrath of God You know, when you were born and then you started growing, uh, nice to to look at my grandson, Theodore, now. He hasn't even started crawling, maybe, but not walking. But remember, you know, when you're growing up, you had to learn how to walk. And then you had to learn how to talk. And then you had to learn how to read. Well, be it known, you can't develop faith by yourself. It's not a do-it-yourself project. You don't go to self-help books and try to find out, how do you get faith? Faith is a sixth sense, a spiritual sense that has been given to you by God that enables you to see invisible realities of God, past, present, and future. What realities do we know that are, that are there and, and uh, are God's prom- and promise and um, uh, realities for us? What about the past? Invisible realities? Well, Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus coming out of a tomb. Jesus ascended into heaven. You didn't see any of that, but we know it's a reality and it's past history. And how about the realities of the present? The invisible truths of God, gifts of God. Well, how about forgiveness? You can't hold it in your hands. And how about all the future promises that we approach by faith that we can't see? Have you seen heaven yet? One day you will, but we know it's there. God gives faith. And he only gives it one way, and that's through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes in the Bible, sometimes in the Lord's Supper, sometimes in baptism. Faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. No other way. And God-given faith, as I mentioned before, always has an object People don't believe in nothing. I mean, even when you go to work in the, you, don't you have faith in your car to get you to work? You might have faith in grandma that her uh, cookies are going to turn out good this time. Faith in your stockbroker, faith in your car mechanic. You see, faith always has an object. The object of our faith is our dear Lord Jesus Christ. One of the realities of life that our God-given faith grabs onto is the reality of creation. Now, you weren't there. You didn't see it. You didn't hear God's voice, uh, let there be, and there was. And yet, at the very same time, it's not a mystery to us at all as to how we all got here. God made everything that we see All these somethings that we have, he made it out of nothing. Things that you can't see, namely his word. Let there be. And so it was the origin of all things. Oil deposits, clouds, the sun, Adam and Eve, birds and sheep all with the appearance of age. God did it all at once. looked like it had been around for millions and billions of years. Not so. Finished it all in six days. Rested on the seventh. Therefore, what we also know by our faith in Jesus Christ is that evolution is a lie. And don't let anybody ever tell you that the theory of evolution is science. It has nothing to do with science. Science has to do with observable phenomenon. Nobody was there when the world began. At best, the theory of evolution is philosophical speculation, and invention of man. And, of course, we know why people want to believe in evolution because if you believe in evolution, then there is no God and then you're not accountable to anybody. No Adam and Eve, no such thing as sin. All the problems that we have in the world is sort of, you know, we're trying to get this evolutionary defect out of society. No sin, no need for Jesus Christ, no need for a Redeemer. The writer to the Hebrews says, Faith convinces us that God created the world through His Word. This means that what can be seen was made by something that could not be seen, namely God's Word. Now, the writer to the Hebrews also wants to talk about some other realities of our faith that we know by faith. By the way, did you stay up late enough uh, last night to see Brett Favre's induction into the NFL Hall of Fame? Now he joins the uh, select company of about 303 other athletes, football players. We call that the Hall of Fame, and they have all those bronze busts all over the place. You might call Hebrews 11 the Hall of Faith because it lists a whole lot of men and even a couple women who are examples of faith. 3,000 years B.C. We saw an example of a man that, uh, in fact, we remembered it in our uh, vacation Bible school this past week. Noah. He believed in God's promise that he really would send a universal flood. That God's anger is so great that he would really... Send a a flood that would be universal, cover the whole globe. And by the way, uh, that's why you find fish fossils on mountaintops. How did it get there? The great flood. Abraham, 2000 B.C., God came to him and says, I want you to leave. I know you're 75 years old, but I want you to take a trip of 800 to 1,000 miles all on foot and I'm going to give you a land, and I'm going to make you into a great nation. Abraham didn't have a son, and finally when he got there, he didn't even have one square inch of real estate. And he didn't even know how he was going to get there, because there was no road map, no GPS. God kept his promise. And a thousand years after that, powerful King Solomon ruled as one of the richest and most powerful rulers of the world in that land where ultimately the Savior would be born. You see, faith is believing in unseen realities. Abraham never saw the Christ. Solomon never saw the Christ. And you know that faith always shows itself. I know it's an invisible thing. You know, you can't touch faith. It's inside there. But it always shows itself on the outside. Talks about Abel. Cain's brother, you know, and it says why God accepted his sacrifice because he brought his best. That's what faith does. It brings out the best for our God. So we ask ourselves this morning, are you always bringing your best to the Lord, your best gifts? Noah gave evidence of his faith. (laughs) He built this big, huge structure on dry land. Imagine the hassle that he took for those 120 years. What are you doing? Are you nuts? 120 years of persecution. 120 years of testimony to other people who didn't believe and God kept his promise. Noah was willing to be persecuted for his faith. Seems like persecution is coming closer to home these days. Are you willing to be persecuted for your faith? Abraham gave evidence of his faith. He walked a thousand miles on foot, living in tents the whole way. You see, faith moves ordinary people to do extraordinary things. But I got to tell you that the whole time before we get to heaven, the devil is going to try to steal your faith. The devil, like a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. There are a whole lot of realities that the devil does not want you to believe. He does not want you to believe in the reality of creation. He does not want you to believe in the reality of the fall into sin. He does not want you to believe in the reality of the universal flood. He does not want you to believe in the mystery of the Trinity. He does not want you to believe that a virgin got pregnant He does not want you to believe that in the Lord's Supper you're actually receiving Christ's body and blood and he does not want you to believe that the water of baptism actually cleanses sin. And what he wants ultimately is to steal your faith from the greatest miraculous uh, reality ever, God becoming man, the God of the universe becoming a little baby. God's love for His fallen universe so great that the Creator was willing to become a creature so that He could die. And the reality of it, and why we know that it's a reality, because during His earthly stay, He bumped into a whole lot of people. He visited with the likes of Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna and Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus and Judas and Peter and James and John. So that his justice and anger for your imperfection and disobedience could be punished. And he did it not by going to an electric chamber or a gas chamber, electric chair or lethal injection. He did it by going to the cross for you. And once it was all finished and he was dead, he miraculously took his life back once again so that he could say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes and believes in me will never die. Because you don't want any of those realities to be taken away from you. That's why you've come here once again this morning. For the strengthening of your faith to strengthen your faith along with your fellow believers and look around and say, I'm not the only one believing this. All these other people are here too. And the only way possibly that you can keep your faith strong is by continuing to follow the direction that Jesus gave to Martha. We heard it a couple weeks ago. You only have one thing needed. There's only one thing needful. And it's the activity of sitting at Jesus' feet, listening about the way to heaven. And the reason that it's so important is, you know, God's word only gets into our soul and to our heart in a couple of ways, by your ears, by your eyes, goes into your mind and into your soul. Cut yourself off from your word. Cut yourself off from the nutrition that feeds the soul. We want to continue to hear God's word as Jesus tells us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. It's as simple as listening to the message that he asks you to believe and the message itself has the power to strengthen faith. Did you ever think of that? He wants you to listen to the message that he asks you to believe and that message itself strengthens your faith. Jesus performed many other miracles that his disciples saw, St. John says. Jesus performed many other miracles that his disciples saw, realities. Those miracles are not written in this book. But these miracles have been written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and so that you will have life by believing in him. Living in a chaotic world, terrorism, political, economic turmoil, unrest. You know, you've got to have faith in times like that. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in God, your Father. Lord, I believe, even amidst all this turmoil, I believe, but Lord, increase my faith. Until finally we get to that day where we will no longer walk by faith but by sight because we will see Jesus face to face. And we will join that uh, hall of faith with all the others, Moses and Noah and Abraham and Rahab and Sarah and Enoch and Jacob and Isaac and all the others. Join them all in the company of our Savior. Just... As he promised. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.